2: April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at MattStewartComedy.com.
3: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
0: Visit planetbecasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke and I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello.
2: Hello. Good evening. It's really good to be here.
0: A pleasure, as always. You know, I
2: think some people think that this is your show. And we're, like, sort of, like, permanent recurring guest guests, hosts. Yeah. Recurring guests. Oh, that's good. Do you think that's weird? Dave, do you want to set the record straight now and just let everyone know that that Jess and I are as, if not more, important than you?
0: Yeah, let them know that we're as, if not more, important than you.
2: So you're co-stars.
1: So you want, is that not, what you want? Even
2: slightly... Higher stars.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, no, no. I think the credits would go, do go on, starring Dave Warnieke. Interesting. Co-starring Matt Stewart, Ed. special guest no, star No, no, no 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 no, 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 no,
0: no, I want and introducing. Yeah, oh, an int- I int- int- introducing. I want Every week,
2: 100 yeah. weeks in a row. <laughs> could we could we do it like this? Uh, starring Dave Warnieke, introducing Jess Perkins, and as old man Matt Stewart. <laughs> 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 That's great. My favourite ones were the last bit of the credits. Yeah. For some reason, the only one that says, and as... And their character name for some reason. I never yeah. got why that And was. as TJ Swithers, Matt Stewart. You're like, what?
0: Yeah. Who are the others? Yeah. And as Old Man.
1: <laughs> no, I would like it to be the original Gilligan's Island style, which is, um, and the rest, the rest were two more people. <laughs>
4: Just that is
1: say brutal. it. So later on, when the show got popular, they changed and the rest to the Professor and Marianne. But before that, the Professor and Marianne with the rest.
0: Oh, that's oh. brutal. They've named
1: six people and you then there's two more. Just, Just name, name them. There's two more. Uh, maybe or don't they...
0: name them all.
2: So Dave,
0: Matt, and the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and the jest. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. The jest. <laughs> you
2: yeah. are the jest of the program, aren't you?
0: Of the program. Would you call this a program? Today On today's program...
2: Let's get cracking with this show. I think it's quite a big report <laughs> okay. and I think it's a really good one and holy shit, I'm nervous about it because it is, It ex- my brain was exploding. You know those ones where you're like f- following rabbits everywhere down the holes, the rabbit holes and right. I was, <laughs> Down know, the holes. Oh, hang on. So yeah, it, it's just a real, sp- It's a. Bi- it was a bit of a sprawling thing. I think I've, I've found a few nuggets in this. Few nugs. A few little nuggies and, um, you know, delicious. So let's get on with it. Okay. Can all I right. ask you a guys a question?
0: Well, we do always start with a question, so that would be traditional yes. All right.
2: Well, this will, this will, this is basically asking the question, have you guys heard of this topic? But I'll ask the question <laughs> and see. Cause and I,
0: you guys give me shit for not writing questions. Well,
2: I've written it.
0: All right. <laughs> uh-huh, no, it's well The
2: words are here on the okay. screen. Yeah, no, can't I can't argue. Because I, I hadn't heard of this at all. Okay. Uh, the question is, what secret department did Winston Churchill set up to help win... World War Two for the Ooh. Allies. The
0: Winnie Boys, the Winnie Blues.
2: <laughs> that's a that's a cigarette brand the in
0: Australia. The Churchill Chaps. <laughs> oh my god! I made Matt laugh. <laughs> you never make that laugh. I Laughful. saw his teeth, like laugh he bare teeth.
2: You should. Have, I did a a web series show the other day. I couldn't stop laughing. I know. It was the uh, best game game. game, game. game.
0: You really laughed. That was nice. I really laughed. It's nice Adam Knox was on
2: there. Actually, everyone, Kate Dennett and, and uh, Evan Munro-Smith were all in fine form. Yeah. Making me bloody lol hard. Dave, any idea? Uh, Do you g- know have it?
0: Have you heard of the Churchill chaps?
2: Uh, Gallipoli 2.0, even more fucked <laughs> than the first
1: time. Because that was all Churchill's fault. Okay. Uh, was it? Oh, yeah. He plotted that and really fucked it. Hmm.
2: No, what... Um, the topic, as suggested, Churchill Chaps. This wasn't the official name, but this is sort of an unofficial name of it. Mm. The Ministry of Ungentlemanly <sighs> Warfare. Oh, that is a cool title. That's,
0: uh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit that it's better than Churchill Chaps. <laughs> wow, it's <laughs> I'm close. Willing to admit that
2: they they took them both to focus groups. And they <laughs> both polled well. but One polled better than the other. Sure. This is this has actually been suggested by a few different listeners, including Lords, Lords. Uh, Aaron and Dolan. But the reason I am doing this Sorry, topic today... Sorry, If you could just let me finish. The what is laurel? Well, it's someone... At Laurids. Laurids. How do you spell that? L-A-U-R-I-D-S. Lords. Alright, oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Carry on. Uh, but the reason I'm doing this topic today, as I was saying, uh, is because it was put in the golden hat mm. by legendary listener and Patreon supporter... Rowan Epstein. Rowan. Oh,
1: Rowan, who we have met in real life. We have. We and have. appreciated his company in real life. Mm. Hopefully see you at the 100th episode, uh, Rowan.
0: I feel like he'd be there. Yeah. If he can. If he's free and if he's available and he can make it, I reckon he'll be there.
2: Thank you, Rowan. Thanks awesome. so much for the suggestion. One, Great suggestion. Um, so, it, it, yeah, he, he suggested it as the ministry. Is of it
0: Epstein.
2: I think it's Epstein.
0: Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I, I was wrong. corrected
2: on that recently, um, that spelling, uh-huh. uh, the E and the I, because I grew up in the electorate of Goldstein, uh-huh. and uh, we were shooting a show here with the member for Goldstein, um, the federal member, Tim Wilson. He was was uh, shooting, and I, I'm like, oh, I grew up in Goldstein. He's like, actually, it's... It's pronounced star." Hm. The Special Operations Executive is what it was more officially known as. Special Operations So the S O E. The Special Operations So-ee. Executive. Yeah,
1: I can see why the Ungentlemanly Warfare is really stuck.
2: Yeah.
0: It's, it sounds like a movie franchise. It's know?
2: also, and this is closer to what Jess was saying, but it's some some people have called it Churchill's Secret Army, which is it's pretty close to the Churchill chaps, which I. I'm happy to go with, if you like. I
0: am ha- I want to. Yes, please.
2: The Churchill Chaps were <laughs> formed uh, when three secret British war departments merged after the start of World War II, so soon after the start. Mm. Um, these departments were...
0: How did they know of each other if they were all secret?
2: Well, the people from above were merging. It was Churchill... Oh, I'm sorry, Jess. That's really... <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer seriously. Jess never says anything serious. <laughs> Um so the first one was m i r which was you know, like m i six and all that you know i I didn't realize it was m i six m i five there's been a bunch of different ones oh. m i r uh m i is military intelligence and the r is research <sighs> oh fuck sorry no
0: nah, it's all right I wouldn't have got that
2: <laughs> um which is a department of the war Office that was charged with researching guerrilla warfare um also department e h which was named after the the building it was, was set up in. So it's pretty boring. What should we
1: call I don't it? Remember. Hey, that's fine. Says EH. Yeah, we got it. Nailed it. Um, no was... one will
2: ever know where we where our headquarters are either.
0: And that's lunch.
2: <laughs> that was a propaganda organisation which was created by the Foreign Office and Section we, we, a, a company that that's a whole
1: job is to come up with like catchy slogans. Let's call it EH. EH,
2: great. Mm. In, uh, and then thirdly, Section D, which I like. Um, I love I love Section D. A uh, propaganda and sabotage arm of the secret intelligence service, aka, a s i s, aka, a m i six. Wow, I found it hard to say aka then. Mm. Well, that was interesting, wasn't it? I things to learn about yourself. can tell you, it you it 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 tell <laughs> of aka is part of the title of this. Okay, six? Aka is yeah. in also known as Dave. Keep up, man. Keep
0: up, man.
2: But I was confused. I thought it was aka aka, AKA mi six, <laughs> also known as aka mi six. Well, yeah. As as of now it is AKA AKA M I six. Though Sail
0: away, sail away. AKA AKA MI six.
2: I'm so sorry. I'm little enya there, Dave. how so that make you feel? Right. For I'm our so Irish sorry. listeners. I'm so sorry. Uh though there were some loose arrangements between the three departments, like they were aware of each other, obviously. They overlapped in objectives, you know, in, at uh some objectives, and at times they even duplicated each other's work, um, especially the propaganda work of Section D in Department E.H. Following the resignation of Neville Chamberlain on May the 10th, 1940, uh, Winston Churchill became the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. This is uh, about nine months after Britain was already in World War Two, which I didn't realise, but I'm not so great with World War Two stuff. You, You are, Dave, though. Memory, you know a fair bit about it. Oh, you know much about Nev's work. He sort of lo- he lost. He he kind of lost. He lost the confidence of the Parliament and the people a bit. Um, and that's he what just, led to Churchill. And you know stepping what? Up.
0: It's just that he needed to just own it. Just he Be did. more confident. Just like fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you appear confident. People have confidence in you. Do you know what I mean?
2: I think I do. <laughs> Uh, Within a month of taking office, Churchill was working towards combining the three departments into one old super badass war organisation. After appointing his Minister of Economic Warfare, Hugh Dalton, uh, with the responsibility of the new organisation, Churchill reportedly said, And now set Europe ablaze. That's like a famous quote of his about it, apparently. It's a good one. And now set Europe ablaze. Sir, I just need to remind you that you are technically part of Europe. Bonus oh. down Start <laughs> <Town. laughs> Stop This room we're standing in right now
0: Is that, is that Have you got matches on you? Okay, let's go
2: Because I'm An alcoholic <laughs> And very flammable <laughs> he, was, he was a big Alco guy Wasn't he Churchill? I think so I think a b- big drinker but Big yeah. drinker Sorry Didn't mean to throw around Throw words like Alco around like that That wasn't That's not cool Takes one to know one <gasps> Yeah Oh <laughs> On the 22nd of July, 1940, the Special Operations Executive was officially formed by Dalton with a charter to sabotage, conduct reconnaissance and espionage in occupied (laughs) Europe and to help resistance movements on the ground. Dalton is said to have used the IRA's work during the Irish War of Independence as a bit of a blueprint.
0: So, sorry, sabotage.
2: Sabotage. Espionage. Espionage.
0: And what was the middle one?
2: Conduct, Reconnaissance. Reconnaissance. Nigel yeah. Farage. Of
0: those, Sabotage, Sabotage, Reconnaissance and Espionage. What's your favourite? Oh, there's three of them. We could have one each.
1: Um, well, Reconnaissance is fucking boring in I comparison. like, yeah, Sabotage. A lot more safe.
0: Yeah, which I feel like is you. You'd be the safe one. You're not going to go in for any espionage, are you?
1: How do you know I haven't been undercover this whole time? Come on, mate. <laughs> oh, no. In that outfit... It's just so crazy, it might be believable. No one would dress like that. And, really?
0: No one would behave the way he does.
2: Yeah, I reckon they would. In November 1940 is the Nazi Air Force, the Luftwaffe. A great, great phrase, isn't it? It is great. Luftwaffe. It's not quite right, is it? I'm not doing quite nail it. No,
0: it's Luftwaffe.
2: It's um 99 Luftwaffe balloons. <laughs> uh. As the, the Luftwaffe was bombing central London, the special operations <laughs> executive set up its headquarters in two flats on Baker Street.
4: <gasps> <gasps> Baker Street?
2: Oh, no, that's not... That's, <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> you want, I went the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one I was here for. <laughs> His
0: face is <laughs> the best.
2: <laughs> when he converts it into a sax... <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's his, what are his lips doing? <laughs> Why can't he make eye contact? With that that was my that. impression of a
1: man who hadn't played the saxophone in fifty years, <laughs> picking it up for the first time. I think I remember a song. <laughs>
2: um, and it was it was interesting. That, so this is where they set up, um, right? This is all interesting. I was going about to go off on a tangent. I've written so many, I don't need to and go off onto others. Uh, From this base, they began to recruit agents. Uh, According to a Nigel Morris article for the BBC, he said, senior staff at the SOE were invariably ex-public school and Oxbridge, which I I didn't know what it meant. I looked it up. Public school in the UK means private school. Oh, that's private school, so they are all wealthy, tough types. And uh, Oxbridge means Oxford and Cambridge. So, yeah, so they're all sort of the exclusively educated... Because you can trust them. Because if they're already rich,
1: they're happy, they're, right?
0: They're not gonna like. They're not motivated by money because they already have money. Exactly. You can't like you can't bribe them because they're like that's pocket change for me. Yeah. Are you kidding?
2: I think of uh, yeah. Well, that that's just the top brass anyway. That's the 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 officers and that sort of stuff. But he goes on to say that the agents came from all walks and included a former chef, an electrician, several journalists. And the daughter of a Brixton motor car dealer. That's pretty cool. It does say at first I thought it was gonna be like, guys,
1: we've got people from all walks of life. Greg knows the chef. <laughs> yeah. So his
0: personal one. Guys.
1: He only just got into Oxford.
2: I really thought Like so he's pretty average. <laughs> I, I really thought Jesse might have the last one there. He it was She's the daughter of something. Wa- this is a woman who probably has her own things, but she's listed here. Because her dad sold cars. Mm. So weird. Oh, her dad did a job.
0: Oh, she's in.
2: It just seemed really funny to me anyway.
0: Yeah. I noticed you looked straight at me and I was like... Because
2: normally whenever someone (laughs) said, and his wife, you'd be like, what's the fucking wife's name? So I thought it might have been a similar scenario, but Mm. I was wrong. (laughs) I had written in there, pause for Jess to go on rant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The podcast will now be 10 minutes shorter than expected.
2: (laughs) Um, So, anyway, it was a bit of a cross-section of society. Um, As missions were undertaken behind enemy enemy lines, so this is what it was all about. It was about um, little guerrilla crews going behind enemy lines and just fucking shit up. All right, so we've got uh, Sarah
1: here. Her dad uh, owns a car dealership. How can we best use her skills? All right, we'll send her into Berlin, and she'll take a car for a spin. And when it's out... Uh, she'll put a bomb underneath it. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, good. Does she speak German? Nah. <laughs> Don't need it.
0: Can she drive? Nah,
1: nah, no. But her dad, her dad does. So, it's all about her dad.
2: <laughs> uh, Interesting you mentioned that. Obviously, it was important that the agents had a deep knowledge of the country where they would operate. Uh, they needed to speak the language fluently.
1: Yeah, she speaks car. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> she, doesn't, she goes into the dealership. <laughs> Guten Tag, and she just goes, brum, brum. brum, brum me, brum, brum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to my city, <laughs> Brum, brum.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you spreken the broom,
1: Konen? the broom's brecken. Yeah. Uh,
2: oh yeah. So in in at this time, if if there were dual citizens, that was also that was seen as a real. Real bonus, mm. obviously, because you don't need to forge passports and documents that way. The SOE was ahead of the game with its use of women in armed combat.
0: <laughs> Fuck off.
2: As those sent <laughs> into the field were trained to use weapons oh. and in unarmed combat.
0: But, I mean, they're still wearing aprons while they do it, so it's okay.
2: But at the time, uh, they would normally make them wear two aprons. So it was seen Very progressive. as just being progressive, just, just the one.
1: And pretty dangerous, too. Mm.
2: Of their 55 female agents that they had over, over through the war, 13 were killed in action or in Nazi concentration camps. So they, they were seeing active, dangerous action, which, you know, across the rest of the army at that stage wasn't happening as much, I believe. Wow. But like I say, I don't fucking know anything.
0: Hey, you were What around. are you
2: listening to me for? <laughs> I was around, but I was hiding in a bunker. Real weird thing happened uh, towards the end of the war. Um, this guy with a little mustache came in. Couldn't understand a word he was saying. But he was there with his niece. Was he no just a fucking like nobody's <laughs> business, I think. I was trying not to look. Anyway. Ended up with a bullet in his brain. Weird weird chap. Weird was, guy. Was he brooming at you? Uh... He was um Eva brooming at me. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Well, that's the best joke of the pod.
2: While this recruitment process is happening, uh, <laughs> this guy that I like, I like mainly, mainly for his, maybe mainly for his name, um, but he's also seems like a, he's one of those classic uh, war guys that we've been talking about through past episodes where they're just those sort of badass guys. Um, his name is Colonel Colin Gubbins. Gubbins. Which is pretty cool. Fuck yeah. Uh,
0: Colin's a badass name, isn't
2: it? Colin. <laughs> <laughs> is that the name of your car?
0: Yes. And? <laughs> It's a pretty cool car. It is a cool car, yeah.
2: <laughs> Um The gubbins. It was mainly the gubbins. All right. And bad uh,
0: boys, bad boys. <laughs> what you going to do? Colin's here to fuck <laughs> shit up.
1: <laughs> Not Colin. <laughs> He's got a real reputation.
2: <laughs> gubbins. <laughs> anyway. uh, he was SOE's head of training and operations, uh, and he started turning properties and mansions across the UK into agent training bases. Um, so, according to Morris, new agents were taught how to kill with their bare hands, how to disguise themselves, how to derail a train, and even, even how to get out a pair of handcuffs with a piece of thin wire and a diary pencil. If an agent survived these tests and a gruelling parachute course, they were ready to go. They love parachutes in this. A lot of parachuting in. Oh. A lot of these missions were parachute in. But, but not many parachuted out. <laughs> Which no. Is it was quite difficult. Yeah. Even with a pencil diary. Yeah, they 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 just didn't get it. Yeah. They taught and they taught real hard. They taught hard, mm-hmm. but yeah.
0: Colin he teaches hard.
2: Yeah,
1: I love the idea that they think that they'll always have a diary pencil on hand. It's yeah, like, obviously. well, when you're in handcuffs, they they they'll expect you to keep a journal.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's very diary? difficult to write.
0: Dear diary, day three, <laughs>
2: still cuffed. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, <laughs> it's been <laughs> it's been in my hands all along. <laughs> SOE also employed scientists to invent weapons of war in what Morris describes as the 007 factor. Unigrads working for the SOE invented devices such as the single-shot cigarette pistol and the Sleeping Beauty, which was a submersible canoe. SOE workshops also created carborundum, which was an abrasive grease could bring a steam train to an immediate standstill. How they hell? invented carburendum grease. grease? Yeah, it apparently, was a type of grease, but that's it was abrasive it. grease. So if they apparently if there was a certain way that they rubbed it onto the tracks,
0: rub it the wrong way. Eh? Yeah, you, yeah, you rub, it rub, the the ru- way. rub the train the wrong way.
2: Yeah. You and stop you'll stop it dead in its tracks.
0: <laughs> wow, that's fascinating.
2: Yeah. So yeah, it's sort of fun. Like all these, just like going, invent some cool shit. Um, They also had a camouflage section, which was run by a film director named Elder Willis.
0: I can see you! (laughs) You have
2: failed! (laughs) He oversaw a team of movie prop makers. I love it, it's just people from everywhere coming in. Um, Many uh, simple yet ingenious items were created, such as a fake tree trunk mould that could conceal radio equipment, and fake camel shit that was actually a booby trap.
0: (laughs) Okay. <laughs> so okay. It, lo- so it cam- looks like
2: camel shit and you drop it in the, you know. What, in Berlin? In Berlin. Da- downtown or... Berlin where the camels. What?
0: And We're- then what? If somebody goes over and is like, huh, let me inspect this pile of camel shit. No, it's
2: like, you know, like a mine. So you'd put camel shit on the road and cars or whatever shit. are happy to drive over them. But Bang. Now, what they'd really do is they'd get camel shit and inside there'd be dog shit.
1: So the people inspecting the camel shit, they'd be like, this is just camel shit. This is dried up. They'd pick it up.
2: It would crumble, and then they'd get dog shit on their shoes. M- and then their like dog a... shit would crumble, and it'd be human shit. Yeah. <laughs> their own, somehow. And I'd freak them out, and they'd be like, all oh, right, I'm out. Uh, I How could... they... trippy."
0: How I... would they know it was their own shit? Oh, you Sorry.
2: don't know your own
1: shit? Yes, I could recognise my shit in a lineup of a hundred.
0: You could, Dave.
1: I'll put... Someone will lead me blindfolded to a mystery location, so I don't recognise where I am. Oh, shit. I'll trust you to lead me to a safe place. I will shit into a receptacle. You can take a photo of it. I don't want to do that. And no. then we'll swap it in with ninety-nine other photos, and I'll be able to pick mine. Okay, I'm to I prove get... <laughs> that World War Two exists.
0: <laughs> hey, he's dedicated to the cause, and I appreciate that. But I am—I shotgun not taking a picture of Dave's shit. All right,
1: Matt will take the photo. just will hold the receptacle. Damn it! The uh, and his
0: tiny tush.
1: The yeah, you have to be. <laughs> it's a plastic bag. I'll have to be pretty accurate.
2: Does that make sense?
1: We'll it'll have to be, or or a large receptacle, either or. Stop. But don't tell me what you're planning because I don't want to recognise it. What the fuck is wrong with you? All right. Uh, I appreciate science, unlike you. <laughs> yeah, Jess, wake
2: up.
0: Sorry, you're right. You love poo, chat.
2: Matt, poo, go on. <laughs> the Secret Intelligence Service, now known as the MI6, oh, viewed SOE with great suspicion. The head of the Secret Intelligence Service, Sir Stuart Menzies, wasn't into the work of the SOE at all. He would describe them as amateur, dangerous, and bogus, and campaigned internally against them. But as they were the baby of Prime Minister Churchill, they were... Give it a free pass. They were pretty much, yeah, they were... As long as Churchill was in charge, they were they were all good.
0: Churchill's chaps,
2: they're the chaps after all, and
0: chapets, chapets.
2: <laughs> so tr- So
0: chapinas,
2: chapinas. The SOE, it's Chipotle. got it's got three
1: three spy military organisations, but not MI6.
2: No, not MI6. Well, no, th- those sort of all dissolved into this one, so it's now the one thing. MI6 is is still separate. Right, and they're criticising it. Mm. They're not in it. Because, I mean, to them, it's like... Because they are amateurs. They're literally amateur. No, they're not... They they are getting paid a wage. They're literally not amateurs, but they're not well-trained. Right, they're like film directors. Yeah, that's right. Um, The SOE undertook... Or the CHAPS undertook missions right across the war uh, in numerous countries. One example... Uh, I'm going to go into a few of them because I thought maybe it was the best way to to, to, learn. to, to talk about it. Because the, 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 there were hundreds of missions. So I've just picked out a, a few to talk about. And hopefully that'll give you a bit of an idea. So um, one example was Operation Josephine B, also known, apparently, as Operation Josephine. So, like, anyway. It's like a couple of wildly different names there. Seems confusing. If but there these- are no other... Lettered Josephine's. Let's just call... Yeah. I reckon the, the MI6 is right. These are a bunch of amateurs. <laughs> um, so this, this was in 1941. It was jointly organised with Free France, which I hadn't heard of. You know, Free France was the name of um, the the French government in exile led by Charles de Gaulle, uh, which was set up in London in June 1940. Charles de Gaulle being the big train station in Paris, one of them.
1: You mean airport?
2: Airport. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, So this mission was jointly organised with Free France, and the aim of the mission was to blow up the Passac power station, which was an important piece of infrastructure for the 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 axis of of evil. evil. The station was difficult to reach by air, but the plan was to drop a small team nearby via parachute. Oh,
0: the traditional method, subtle.
2: From there, yeah, they're never looking at the
1: skies. Never looking at the ground. Look at their bloody phones. They'll be, <laughs> they'll be digging up through the ground
2: like moles at any second.
0: Nah, we're dropping from the skies.
2: From there, they would break into the station, leave bombs with delayed timers, uh, destroying the bloody joint. That's, that's the plan, right? <laughs> you feeling sorry for the? Tell me you're not feeling any sympathy for the, the axes of evil, Jess.
0: Well, I mean, they've got families.
1: Yeah, Nazi families. <laughs>
0: Nazi children, Nazi dogs. I had a customer the other day at my job whose name was Swastika. No.
1: no. Yeah. First name.
0: First name. And I was like, I definitely heard that wrong. So later in the conversation, I was like, I'm sorry, what was, what was your name? Can you spell that for me? And it was Swastika. What was the
2: surname? Smith. <laughs> that's, that's definitely, that's someone who's chosen it for himself. Do you or reckon? herself. Yeah, there's no way that parents would have named you nah, that. It's... And you grew up and don't go, I'm changing that name. That's someone yeah, who is definitely. I think. It's, I mean, obviously, I think it was a cultural
0: thing, but yeah, you would think you would change your name.
2: The team was made up of six Polish volunteers who were trained up for the mission. They set off uh, from a Royal Air Force base near Chichester in West Sussex, but due to a technical fault, a bunch of their equipment was accidentally dropped over the Law River, the Loire in France. It's like a big river there. I've never seen. How would you say that? Law. The law Dropped over the Loch in France, and they had to turn back. The mission was off to a poor start. You could argue, mm. uh, and I, only got I will p- argue. <laughs> okay, I will argue after I say. I only got worse when their plane crash landed on their return. <laughs> <laughs> Killing some crew and wounding all the volunteers. Oh. Laughed a little bit too early there. Yeah,
0: yes, you did. Yes, you did. So
2: that, I hear plane crash a, and I think this is going to end very funnily. What a mess! Oh, no. Yeah, so that was just a, a big old failure. Um, so a second team was put in place. They were keen to make this happen, obviously. Uh, this time with free French forces, so people from the, the French nationals, uh, including Sergeant J. Foreman, Sub Lieutenant or Sub Lieutenant Raymond. Cabard, and Sub-Lieutenant, or Lieutenant, André Varnia, a.k.a. Jacques Leblanc. I was going to
1: say, these are the least French names ever until the a.k.a. came in. Jacques First guy's name was John Foreman.
2: (laughs) J. Foreman. (laughs) Initial J. I reckon it was short for Jacques. John Foreman.
1: What was the last name? Jacques Leblanc. Jacques Leblanc.
2: Leblanc. Love it. Love that. Which means the white, The black? The... White. It's white. It's long white. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, not in a way that's like, oh my god, it's expanding like yeah, yeah. physically, like it's
0: growing more customers, yeah, interest. Not like it's going to explode.
2: Yeah, not like it's a building that's like blowing up and yeah, it's like, yeah. oh,
0: what's happening? Yep. Yeah,
2: yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience, and I don't think they mean for marriage.
0: You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products or you offer services like massage...
2: so, that was selected for the mission. So, a, team, a small team of three this time instead of the six initially. And I was sent to station. You could
0: say that's half the size of the team. What's well,
2: half the size? they downsized for sure. Hmm.
0: Who's getting better at math? Not, not me. Yeah, you're right.
2: No, you did real well there, Jess. Thank you. Uh, so, I was sent to station 17 for training in industrial sabotage by inventor, engineer, and soldier Cecil Vanderpeer Clark. Oh,
0: the Clark ruined it a little bit, didn't it?
2: CVC. I'm just gonna call him Cecil. Yeah, he was an interesting guy. the Cecil guy—an inventor, an engineer, a soldier. This guy did it all, and he was a—he was a—he one of the big dogs. A lover. In the—in the—in the chaps, um, he—no doubt about that. Uh, he—yeah, he was an interesting. Guy. He grew up in London and was known to his friends as Nobby. Uh, in between <laughs> serving, known <laughs> to his very close friends as Nobby. <laughs> In between serving in the first and second wars, he worked as a director at a motoring company in Bedford, where he registered patents relating to engine design. So he's, you know he's a some, somewhat of a go-getter, the engineering kind of guy, inventing, very industrious. This guy had it all. Mm-hmm. Um, soon after, he designed his own engine, but shelved the project when he realized big. He company- shelved the project. Wow! Up the butt. If that's what is that what you're saying? Yeah. An entire engine. Entire <laughs> <laughs> engine. Up the butt. Up the butt. He became more machine than man. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where it took a real turn. It was a a
0: different time, wasn't
2: it? He started speaking car.
1: But not out of his mouth. (laughs) Let me just say that.
0: Out of his butt? Yeah, brum, brum, brum. Brum, brum, indeed.
2: Uh, So he shelved that project because he he realised that larger companies would be able to make it happen more economically than he could. He then started his own company designing trailers uh, and caravans as well the editor of the Caravan and Trailer magazine met with Cecil for an interview and later described his first impressions of the inventor saying, Clark at once fascinated me. He was a very large man with rather hesitant speech, who at first struck me as being amiable but not outstandingly bright. The second part of this impression did not last long. Oh, right, wait, so, he, so, so he, 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 he was bright. He was bright. He's got to he, be, right? He's inventing all this but stuff. And he yeah. doesn't seem bright. He didn't say because he's hmm. the way he talks So and stuff. It
0: sounds like... Sounds like someone else we know, doesn't it, Dave? Talks a bit slow. Amiable, yeah. but not bright, you know?
2: Yeah, a big man. Big man. Large. Mm. It's on the tip of my tongue. Is it the guy... Um, is it? Is it Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, that's who it is. I was going to say about. the guy who was once California's governor. His biggest, Californians. Claim to, biggest claim to fame. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know him from that.
1: Yeah, life and politics. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the politician. <laughs> yeah, the politician. The famous American politician. Had an
2: affair with his um, nanny. Yeah. From Flushing, Queens, she was there to sell makeup, but he saw more. <laughs> A lot more. <laughs>
0: she had style.
2: Mr. Chef, <laughs> Mr. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this problem is oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was my auntie. This podcast hasn't hasn't gone. To the bloody depths of comedy. It's
0: fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he runs Broadway musicals,
2: <laughs> but he was never—he could never quite reach the uh, the heights of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, he had a big rivalry with Andrew <laughs> Lloyd. Him and him and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So this all probably seems like a bit of a weird tangent. I don't know if you noticed that I just started going into a backstory. Oh, about episode. the trailer man. Yeah. But um, Cecil. Cecil and McCrae, the editor, uh, would meet again in 1939. At this point, McRae was now editor of a popular science magazine.
0: He'd moved up from the caravans and trailers caravan. magazine. Uh, dream job, by the Do way. Do you think the
2: background there is that there was
1: a caravan magazine and a trailer magazine? They didn't have enough markets, so they merged.
2: I think that's what's that's happened. possible. I would like to say that's a fact. <laughs> the 30s were a different time. Mm. Trailer mag. Uh, McCrae contacted Cecil... Okay after uh, being contacted himself by Major Millis Roland Jefferis of the War Office.
0: Jefferis. I heard your teeth click then. Jefferis.
2: And uh, this guy had read an article in McRae's science magazine about powerful magnets. The Major wanted <laughs> McCrae to create a kind of explosive that could be magnetically uh, adhered to things like ships under the water. And McCrae asked Cecil to help make this happen.
0: A magnetic explosive.
2: Yeah. Hmm. So it could, you know, just stick it under big warships. Um, Cecil agreed, and they set to work. Does that make sense as a phrase? Yeah. Great. <laughs> making prototypes. <laughs> big, with... amiable,
0: big... not that bright.
2: Mm. <laughs> Needs encouragement. <laughs> so they started making prototypes with large tin bowls purchased from a, a local department Aldi. store. It was actually Woolworths, but anyway. And using porridge in place of explosives in the early things. It sort of sounds more like they are making breakfast to me.
1: Porridge in... Exp- in, in, in bowls. The,
2: the part of explosives will be p- played by <laughs> porridge. <laughs> 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 but that's not how you make explosives. Suicide bomber rips open their jacket and they they're just covered, covered in, in porridge.
0: <laughs> They're damp with porridge.
1: <laughs> Give me the cash or everyone dies.
0: <laughs> Sir, are you covered in porridge? <laughs> Did you spill your, Do your breakfast? Says,
2: <laughs> Do what he says. he looks unhinged. Rolled oats. Roll notes. <laughs> <laughs> roll dice. roll notes. Anyway, they kept working on it and eventually invented this new kind of mine and named it the limpet mine after the oh. sea snail, uh, known for its ability to adhere to rocks. Uh, so quite similar. To the bombs, obviously, in that way. Um, the limpet mines the, the Olympic mines, um, also had a delay mechanism so that after it had been put in place, the soldier would have time to get away before the explosion. And uh, that is where the sea creature and the mines differed. <laughs> <laughs> sea creature had no timer.
0: <laughs> you wrote that joke, didn't you? You yeah. fucking wrote that down.
2: Yeah, I wrote that one down. <laughs> uh, the sea snail didn't have a delay mechanism, uh, nor did they <laughs> explode, admittedly. <laughs> Oh two differences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Wait, wait. When you wrote that today, presumably, did you I wrote
2: two jokes in this report. That was the first of
0: them. Oh, there's another one coming. Yeah, I
2: can't remember where, but there was That
0: was a two parter there.
2: Soon after the limpets had been invented and manufactured.
0: Manufactured? <laughs>
2: World War Two broke. So, this was, So I've taken you back a step. Oh, it broke. Um, the oh, so, line... they're preparing for World War II. How this th- is before, yeah, the army came and they, they sort of know um, shit's going down, you know, pre-World War II. How,
0: how, it broke. How are they going to stick it back together? Bit of sticky tape. The World War. When you break your mum's vase? Vase?
2: The limpet mines were used in many raids in the war, including Operation Jaywick. Uh, in September 1943, a small team of Allied commandos raided Japanese shipping in Singapore Harbour, paddling into the harbour, uh, then placing the mines uh, onto multiple ships, sinking or seriously damaging seven Japanese ships. Nice one. So this, these things that started with b- bowls of porridge ended up like having... Sinking it, ships. Sinking ships.
0: Tell you what, I've had bowls of porridge that have had a similar effect on me.
1: <laughs> loose lips sink ships. If uh-huh. you fill those lips with porridge, you're gonna you're gonna
2: be sunk. Mhm,
0: mhm. That's how the saying goes.
2: It is anyway. Um, back to Operation Josephine B, which oh my god, we started talking about 14 from, from minutes around. ago. Um, so the three-man team from Free France were sent to Station 17 for training under Cecil's. So this is plan second plan. Second group because the Polish people crashed. Yes, the Polish people crashed. This is this is team two, the French, um, and uh, under under Cecil they learnt well and they set off uh, f- uh, on the night of May eleventh. Parachuting in, they hid their container of equipment, which included these smaller shape charged limpets uh, that Cecil taught them how to use. I, I assume, don't know that for sure, but you, I guess so. Um, the plan was to obtain bicycles to make a silent getaway, but when they were unable to do so, they couldn't source bicycles, and they also found that the perimeter wall was harder to get over than first thought. Um, (laughs) You certainly couldn't ride a bicycle over it. (laughs) Because there was a a high-voltage wire inside the top of the nine-foot wall, so you had to scale this quite large wall, and then there was a high-voltage electric wire that you had to somehow get over as well. So they kind of got a bit disheartened, um... Remember, this, this is the power station we're trying to blow up. Yeah, yeah, That was course. so long ago that I mentioned that that you might have forgotten. But that's what they're trying to do here. They're trying to fuck that shit up. Um, so they were a bit disheartened by these setbacks and the three Frenchmen abandoned the mission uh, and set off for Paris... Um, where well, we will drink wine, <laughs> which, which which was you know Nazi occupied. I'm pretty sure, wasn't uh, it? Odd? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yes, but depending That's why w- depending free what France period is in. Yes, it must
1: be then this period then.
2: Yeah. Um. So, uh, one of the men, Sergeant J. Foreman, the most French of them all, John Foreman, <laughs> uh, he, Foreman. <laughs> he'd been given an address uh, to go to uh, if if need be in Paris, where um allies would be. And at that address, he met Joel LaTac, uh, a member of the Free French. Uh, he had recently had to abandon a mission himself. This is um, old mate uh, LaTac. Uh, he had to yeah, abandon a mission himself recently because of outdated intel. Um, so when he heard that they had abandoned their mission for like... Kind of less contra- con- concrete reasons. He rallied the team and convinced them to head back and complete their mission. Guys, it's just a wall. He also went along with them to make sure it happened. So all of a sudden, now the team is four. The new plan was to commandeer a truck to head up to Passac, where the, the power plant was. But when the truck broke down, they, uh, they had bicycles instead. So they now had bicycles and they rode there. Um, found the explosive where they'd hidden them a while back now, nearly a month ago, and found they were still in working order, still good to go. On the night of June 7th, almost a month after they had initially meant to carry out the mission, they were going to have a crack. Sergeant Jay Foreman scaled the perimeter wall and was able to make it over while avoiding contact with the electric wire. He was then able to let the rest of the team in with their explosives by opening a door. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hmm.
0: Hmm.
2: It's good stuff. It's, I mean, it's
0: because of the training of Colin that he, he was like, I know what to do here. Mm. I'm going to open that door. I'm
1: used to several different types of handle. Wood, ivory, and one other.
2: <laughs> but I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's this organization's greatest secret. That's it. Mm. The bombs were put in place in under half an hour, and the four men made their getaways via the bicycles. The four men, including four men. Foreman, including Foreman, yeah.
0: I was thinking the same thing, DW. Oh, my God. So they set the bombs,
2: set the timers. Get on their bicycles. got on their bicycles. And as ride. they're riding away, oh, awesome! behind them, the skies lit up with the explosions. It was a success. Wow. Which is just an image that I love. Mm. These guys pedaling fast. They're rooting on their little I bells. I like to imagine
0: there's a basket on the front of one of them, and they've got a baguette in there, <laughs> you know, for later.
2: But that was when I was in France. I've been a couple of times. That mm. was the one, like old school bad French cliche that is true. There's people walking around with baguettes everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no berets. No no no, berets. no blue and white horizontal striped t-shirts. <laughs> no red bandanas. A lot right of there, baguettes though. But baguettes are everywhere, which was. The best, because I fucking love them. My Baguettes friends, with like, mustard and, and some sort of a cheese. So
0: much cheese. We just <sighs> ate a lot of... like We'd get a baguette and some brie and just like sit. We had a baguette fight underneath the Eiffel Tower while wearing berets. Oh,
2: you guys wow, are the you, worst. You could yep. get, You're you the c- worst kind of Australian. You could yeah. really get arrested for that. Yeah. They did not take kindly to that. Nah. Look but, at those clearly foreign people. Yep.
0: Yeah. Look at those...
2: Taking the piss out of tourist us. Tourist
0: assholes. <laughs>
2: And our, our great, proud culture.
0: Yeah. Now, come over here and fight me with that baguette.
2: <laughs> Six of the intended eight Transformers were destroyed. And as a result, uh, work at the enemy's U-boat base. U-boats are the it's a German, German submarines. Submarines, what they call them, yeah. Uh, so that their U-boat base Underboat, in, I get it. in Bordeaux was severely hampered, as was an electric train system in the southwest of France, which had to be replaced entirely by steam trains. So it was just, de- they wiped out the use of a whole train system. That mm. is great. That's and
1: cool. Now you, and now the, they just put a little bit of grease on the track. Yeah. Suddenly the steam trains stop.
0: Steam trains are just so pretty, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Terrible S- for S- the something, environment.
0: Something quite beautiful about them. Except they're bad for the environment bit. Yeah, you know? You don't get that in an electric train. Yeah,
1: electric trains just don't sound like owls.
0: No. You know when an electric train goes past and goes like, Oh, I hate that. Give me a hoot, hoot any day. Give me a hoot any day.
2: <laughs> okay. So that so the mission was a success. That's great. I love it. Uh, mission codenamed Josephine. Josephine B, B. or possibly just Josephine. Okay. Mm. So from there, the the team um, were ordered to head for Spain. They asked to be come and collected by a submarine or something. That was the original plan. Was that they were going to be. Um, come and picked up in a submarine or something and taken back away. Mm. But they missed that chance when they fled to Paris. Um, and this time around, they, they just said, no, you, you make your own way to Spain, please. Which they did, but they took their time around two months enjoying their journey, reportedly spending 250,000 francs along the way, which is around is over 100,000 grand in money. 100,000 grand? In two months. <laughs> One hundred, one hundred million dollars.
0: A hundred thousand grand.
2: Did I say hundred thousand grand? Sorry about that. Take just, the grand bit out. Just hundred
1: thousand. That's think still it, a lot it of. That's a shitload of money. We're at four people just? Hey, I love, I love that idea. I reckon like, we could like, do it. we it, and everyone back at home is just like, like rationing like crazy.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't It's <laughs> yeah. interesting how do they get that money.
1: But I think, I think it's Churchill probably like emergent, really threw a lot of money. It's at probably this like emergency public. money, yeah. And they're just like, well, this is an emergency. It's World War Two.
2: Yeah. If you need to put down a deposit on a home as an emergency, (laughs) here is a secret fund. (laughs) Sub-Lieutenant Raymond Cabard was captured on the journey um, back to Spain, but the other three made it to Spain and eventually back to England. They Um, they
1: spent his share of the money.
2: (laughs) But Cabard uh, escaped as well and ended up back with the SOE too. In the aftermath of the mission. These so that that's all fun. Everything up to that point that's is a so good, good amount of fun. Uh-oh. But as as it often happens, the Nazis come in and make it all a little less fun.
0: Mm, I always so I, ruin it.
2: In the aftermath of the mission, the Nazis, they didn't take it well. Um <laughs> they and they didn't know they didn't know how it happened. Um so they took it out on the locals. There were fines, 250 locals were jailed and a curfew was imposed. Um 9:30 p.m. till 5 a.m. Lockout laws. The body like... Sydney all over again. Sydney all over again. I think that's even harsher than Sydney's, I think. Um, and a dozen German soldiers who were on duty guarding the station at the time were shot. That is harsher than Sydney. That is That's a little <laughs> harsher than Sydney. <laughs> um, uh, when news of the success of the mission reached Britain, Hugh Dalton, the... the uh, one of the sort of like, one of the top dogs. Yeah, one of the top dogs. He's in in Parliament, but um, he's the guy that Churchill gave the responsibility for this whole thing to. Um Hugh Dalton passed the news on to the Pam Chir- uh, Churchill, writing We may therefore take it as practically certain that three obviously four but, doesn't matter. He thinks it was three, but it was four. That three men dropped from an airplane have succeeded in destroying an important industrial target. This strongly suggests that many industrial targets, especially if they cover only a very small area, are more effectively attacked by special operations executive methods rather than air bombardment. Oh, right. So, so he saw that as is, is like, oh, this is, this is good for us. This mm. is a big win for the SOE. The triumph of the of the mission helped prove that guerrilla operations like this could play a key role in disrupting the German war machine and lead to many many uh, more similar initiatives. Hmm. So that that's that one. Here's another one. You want to hear about another one?
0: Nah, cool.
2: I'm in. Uh, I'm in. <laughs> gee, that could really be the episode. But I've got <laughs> I've got some more. Yeah. Um, uh, another one they were involved in was called Operation Anthropod. Anthropoid. Anthropod. Anthropoid. 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 Answer pod.
0: That's how Scheinberg would say it.
2: <laughs> the target of this one was Reinhard Heydrich. Are you familiar with him? No, but I like his name.
0: Reinhard.
2: <laughs> um, he was the target of it. Adolf, I don't think we like this person. Adolf Hitler described him as the man with the iron heart.
0: Whoa, Hitler said that about him. Yeah. And Hitler, not the warmest guy, is he?
2: No, he was, he was a real bad guy. Um, so that language is a little bit soft. He was a c- <laughs> <laughs> strong word.
0: Oof. Wow, haven't had one of those for a while.
2: <laughs> amongst well, two episodes. <laughs> uh, amongst many other roles, he was in charge of the Einstein Gruppen, which was a special task force that it followed behind the German armies, gassing and shooting everyone in their wake. Oof. Uh, the, uh. Including over 2 million people, uh, 1.3 million of them being Jews. Whoa. He was like a massive... I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. This high-up Nazi was a fuckhead. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Heydrich had Controversial be- opinion there. Controversial, sure. Mm. Uh, Heydrich had been sent to Prague in what was then Czechoslovakia on September the 27th, 1941... And he was appointed deputy Reich Protector of the Protectorate of Bohemia and Moravia. Oh, my God. Put that on a business
0: card. Fucking hell.
2: That was, you know, that's that area. Bohemia is sort of like takes in a a bunch of that sort of stuff.
0: Bohemia sounds nice. You know? It is. Like a a beachy area. It is now.
2: You know? know, Under Nazi rule, it probably wasn't. Probably was nice before they came along, too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, The Reich, the, uh, the actual head Reich Protector, Konstantin von Neurath, Was officially still the head of the region, but it was in name only, and he was sent on leave because Hitler, Himmler, Himmler? Heinrich Himmler, yeah. And Heydrich felt that he was too soft on the Czechs. Whoa. Upon his appointment, Heydrich reportedly said, we will Germanize the Czech vermin. Uh, He began suppressing Czech culture, like almost instantly, closing down any sort of avenues which uh, the Czech people would express their cultural identity, um different you know cultural organizations those sort of things podcasts for example podcasts would be one of of the he probably would have done that yeah Mm. i reckon podcasts would probably want they yeah i wonder how that would work anyway uh he also began executing members of the czech resistance within three days of his arrival in prague he had organized the execution of 92 people according to Heydrich's own estimate more than four thousand people were arrested in his first four months there, uh, many were executed and others were sent to concentration camps, and he quickly earned the nickname the Butcher of Prague.
0: Oh, that's not a good nickname at all. And you know I love nicknames, but I don't like that one.
2: Yeah, this guy he just feels like pure evil. Yeah. Um. So, he. This. And I guess that's part of the reason why he became a target of SOE's Operation Anthropoid.
0: Would he also be the inspiration for Hydra in uh, Captain America?
2: Yeah, I, I think... I think who was it? Red Skull is that based on someone from? I'm asking Dave. Like, I mean, look at have... me! I haven't even seen the Captain America movie. Oh but
0: man, you gotta see Captain America! I,
2: I'm I'm sure he would have been based on some of the maybe Surely. all of them or maybe one of them. Maybe Himmler. Himmler was like he was like he was, like, he was, like, he was, like, he was a comic book evil guy, really, mm. wasn't he? Mm. Um,
0: Dave, watch Captain America, please.
2: All right, I'll do it for you. Really Thank good you. movie. For no one else. Anyway, the operation was the brainchild of Francek Moravec.
0: There's some tough names in here, but you're doing really well. But he's
2: a good guy. We're talking yes. anthropoid. So he, he, he's the anthropoid guy. Mm-hmm. He was the head of the Czech intelligence services. Uh, Moravec briefed Colin Gubbins, our man. What's Colin. It? Uh, of the SOE, as we told. At this time, apparently, he was a brigadier <gasps> and in charge of the Czech sections of the organizations. Brigadier. Gubbins was keen to help <laughs> on you, Colin. Um, Moravec handpicked a team of 24 from the 2,000 available Czech soldiers based in Britain at the time, and they went on to train at an SOE training camp in Scotland. The main men were a Slovak named Joseph Gubčik, and a Czech named Karol Svoboda. Look, I, obviously I'm confident none of these names are quite right. I'm having a crack. You're really having Sorry. a crack, though. Sorry, Sorry uh, for any offence caused. The mission, if their families are listening, uh, <laughs> could you at least get his fucking name right? Uh, the mission was set to go down on the 28th of October 1941. This was uh, Czech, Czech um Independence Day, I think, uh, and uh, but it was delayed when Svoboda suffered a head injury while training, uh, which meant that he had to be replaced, uh, and a replacement was found, and a a man named Jean Kubus or Jan or Jan or Jan. Huh. Kabcik and Kubus, along with a team of soldiers, flew out from Britain to Czechoslovakia. They had to wait; it was delayed because he had to finish training this this guy was stepping in. He had to get uh, trained up. And also they had to get his forged documents ready and stuff like that. Sure.
0: All the paperwork.
2: All the paperwork. And, and he had, had to give paint, two weeks
0: notice at his last place. Yeah, so they had exactly. to wait for him to be able to start. And That's then right. Training. And then the week that they started training, there was a public holiday. So then like they kind of pushed him back a day. Um, so, yeah. But, it, I mean, it takes a while. You know what it's like.
2: You know. Admin, hey? Bloody red tape. <laughs> Um, so, they, they flew out to Czechoslovakia. Once they had landed, they headed to Pilsen, which is where Pilsen of is from, and uh, they contacted some embedded allies before heading to Prague, where the assassination plot was meant to occur. Uh-oh. I don't like the word meant, meant, to. meant to in yeah. that sentence. Words. <laughs> After abandoning a couple of planned attempts, <laughs> they settled in on a plan to kill Heydrich while he was driving from his Czech home. To Prague Castle, which I think was his, where his, his place of business. Of course, he's got an evil lair.
0: Yeah, you're right.
2: Should see a photo of him. He Prague yeah.
0: Castle, Pragzel. <laughs>
2: what does it mean? There's a clue in that. Yeah, <laughs> I think Prague Castle was already there before he. No,
0: nope. <laughs> Um
2: pretzel. So that was his daily commute. You know, driving to the castle every day. The pretzel. Gabcik and Kubis chose a spot along the route where they knew he would have to slow down. It was on a bend in the road, so they're like, this is where we're going to take him out. On the 27th of May, 1942, at 10.30am, Heydrich and his driver left for the castle in his Mercedes convertible. What a leisurely start of the day, eh? Convertible? AM.
1: He's got a convertible.
2: Yeah.
0: Starting work at 10.30, leaving the house at 10.30, so probably, you know, by the time you get to work, get your you cup You get of settled coffee. in. Yeah, yeah, check your emails. Uh, you're not starting. He's not starting proper work till at least quarter past eleven, at the absolute earliest. Yeah. What a leisurely day. I bet he knocks off early too. eh? <sighs> it's classic. Three man. o'clock. He's out the door.
2: So the car reached the curve a few minutes later, and Gubchek jumped out in front of the car with his Sten submachine gun. Oof. He attempted to open fire, but the gun jammed. No.
0: Oh, it's been, it's been, it's t- did you
1: they've been you planning this?
2: Th- have, have they been planning this for months? So what the plan
1: is? Jump in front of the car and start shooting. They they what's had other... the training. They Well,
2: I mean the parachuting. The training should the... be how to get the gun to work. Yeah, that and that hasn't worked. That that'd be a key bit of their training. Um but maybe this next part was part of the training. They stopped the car so that Heydrich could shoot Gabcek with his pistol. So um Heyd- yeah, so the driver Klein stopped the car. So they're like, Oh what's this idiot. So he just stood up with a pistol and shot him. Uh that was the plan but before he could Kubus oh. pulled out a grenade from his bag and threw it at the Merc it went bang
0: Oh my god uh,
2: Good throw It was a pretty good throw it sent shrapnel into Hydrick but also into Kubus Uh from there there was a shootout before Kubus fled on bike Uh Hydrick's driver chased Gabchik on foot till he cornered him in a butcher shop there Gubrick uh turned around shot him twice and escaped, So he got away. Oh, wow. Gabtrick. Gabtrick and Cubis um, were shattered uh, later. They, they did both get away. They were shattered later that the attack had failed. Only it hadn't. Heydrich was taken to hospital where it was found that he had suffered major diaphragm, spleen, and lung damage, Ooh. and a fractured rib. Hitler called him the man with the iron heart, but he could now be more accurately called the man <laughs> with shrapnel in his spleen. <laughs>
0: There it <laughs> is. Joke number two. There's number two. That's Maddie, Maddie, like, <laughs> which, which I guess Maddie. is
2: kind of similar. <laughs> he died from his injuries a week later. So fucking suck it, you fuckhead. A couldn't slow have, death. Could have happened to a nicer guy.
0: <laughs> a slow death.
2: As, suppose, it's bad, isn't it? That they, but I suppose he's so evil you can feel good about his death. As uh, was the Nazis, Mo. They reacted badly, and they received dodgy intel that the assassins were from. Uh, local villages Lidice and Lazaki. I'm so sorry, Czech people. The Nazis destroyed both villages, killing 5,000 oh, people, no. and sending most of the rest to brutal Nazi concentration camps. Oh, fuck. fuck! Wow, fuck.
1: that's awful. Mm. Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. So that, that's. It's sort of like, yeah. There's no happy endings in in in, in this, but. Mm. Um, in World War Two. At least that got it got 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 trapped
0: got trapped
2: is that what they say uh yep there are many more missions uh, that i could talk about the topic is obviously too big but these are just two small missions inside well i mean these are two sort of prominent ones but there are so many mm-hmm. um should i talk about one more or what do you think Okay, yeah. It'll be quickish. Yeah, okay, I reckon one more. All right, I'll talk about one more, and uh, I won't even use my words. There's a guy called Giles Milton who wrote a book about the SOE entitled Excellent The Ministry name. of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Oh. Um. You know, which is, you know, totally, Giles. Totally about this topic. Giles did, yeah. Fuck yeah, great name. I bet he went to Oxbridge. Yeah, I bet he did too. And I think, I reckon because of this book, I don't know this for sure, but I think he maybe kind of popularized that um, term a bit more. And maybe the whole thing i'm I'm guessing that's why people are suggesting this topic with that name is maybe because of this, I'm not sure. Mm. but anyway, uh, I'm just going to read a, a little excerpt from um a passage a little passage about one of the one of the one of the ministries, one of the chap's most important missions. Mm. So this is in the words of Giles Milton.
0: Thank you. take it away, Giles:
2: It was a few minutes before midnight, and the moon was glancing brightly off the deep snow. In the shadows of the ravine, ten saboteurs could be seen clambering up the sides of a near vertical cliff, clutching at rocky outcrops and dangling spruce branches. He writes a lot of flowing prose. I That's guess. beautiful. Mm, in little, the, he's painting a picture. A couple of rhymes in there. Yeah. In, yeah Shakespeare. In the distance was Shakespeare. there... Shakespeare <laughs> g- Every time. <laughs> Never speak over Giles. So, so it's Giles. one rule of Giles.
0: You're right. Sorry. Continue, please, Giles.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I am Giles. Sorry. In the distance was their goal, the looming silhouette of the Norwegian Hydro-Norsk heavy water plant. This state-of-the-art factory was of vital importance to the Nazi war machine, the only place capable of producing the heavy water necessary for Hitler to build an atomic bomb. Its destruction was so crucial... <laughs> its destruction was so crucial to the Allied war of... <laughs> You can do it. I was going to say a fort. <laughs> its destruction was so crucial to the Allied war effort that Winston Churchill himself had ordered it to be given the highest possible priority. The stakes could not have been higher. If Hitler's scientists managed to build an atomic bomb, they would win the war. But if the factory could be destroyed, then Hitler's atomic ambitions would be at an end. For the mission, Gubbins, a oh man, Colin, selected his Norwegian saboteurs. From men, who had fled to England following the Nazi invasion of their country. Their leader was a bold 23-year-old named Rocham Ronenberg. He and his comrades were trained by two key members of Gubbins, inner circle, Gubbins, Eric Bill Sykes and William Shanghai Buster Fairban.
0: Oh my God, yes.
2: He's got two nicknames there, Shanghai Buster. Shanghai Buster, that's his one nickname. He's the Shanghai Buster.
0: Fuck, that's good.
2: Who ran a secret killing school. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no. At Arrasig House in the Scottish Highlands. That was one of the training camps for this for wow. season. K- yeah, killing secret killing school. school. But, yeah. It's, Don't like that. It's pretty br- it's, I mean, it's funny because all of this is like from one side. You're like, it's obviously written as if some of these people on the Allied team were obviously probably a bit fucked as well. Mm. Runenberg's team was parachuted into the Hardinger Plateau. Plateau landing in the teeth of an arctic blizzard within striking distance of Norsk Hydro. Their sabotage mission got underway ten days later under the cover of darkness. Darkness. I really like this Giles character uh. that you're putting on. <laughs> the saboteurs clambered down into the vertiginous gorge below Norsk Hydro and then began their treacherous ascent. Unseen by the guards, they reached the plant's perimeter fence and after using bolt cutters to gain access, they split into two prearranged groups. One led by Ronenberg um, was to break into the plant and blow up the equipment. The other was to provide cover against the Gestapo attack. Ronenberg crept through the ventilation duct and attached the explosives. The charges that had been made at Brickentonbury Manor fitted like a glove, he later said. Good on him. The saboteurs were still inside the plant, their sten guns trained on the German sentry posts when the explosives detonated. The sausage-shaped charges were fabulously destructive, <laughs> imploding into the machinery and causing catastrophic damage. By the time the alarm was raised, the entire stock of Hitler's heavy water had drained away. There was shards of wiener everywhere. The Norse hydro mission was textbook guerrilla warfare, brilliantly planned and masterfully executed. Even the Germans were impressed. The commander of the German troops in Norway, General von Falkenhorst. Uh, expressed his admiration for the saboteurs' bravado, calling it the most splendid coup of the war. What? What? Hitler's atomic program had suffered a setback from which it would never recover. Geez, I imagine Hitler wouldn't have loved that kind of feedback, especially when you're use the English word "splendid."
1: Yeah. Well, I thought the coup was rather splendid,
2: Hitler. Oh dear. I should no, have said oh, that. No. I should have said that to your face. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's the end of the uh, end of the report. Um. I could have kept going and going, wow, so many fascinating little stories in there across all of Europe and even in um around Japan and I'm always a bit wary of romanticizing war too much. I don't know if I've done that in this episode, probably haven't Nah. I think it's been it's been some pretty real moments,
0: yeah, but where are the fun facts?
2: They were all fun facts, hmm. you hear about all the explosions The guy died the, the evil g- guy died the guy on the jam. that is fun. Cigarette lighter gun. That cigarette lighter gun was fun. The underwater canoe. I don't know. Hopefully hopefully Rowan's happy with those ones. We
0: just want Rowan to be happy. Yeah. That's all I want.
2: Look, I also want everyone to be happy.
0: No, I just want Rowan to be happy. Fuck everyone else. Wow.
2: And I'm happy, and that's all I care about. (laughs) Well, you're involved in my one too. Great. By extension. Matt and I win. You're part of everyone. Um, In a way To you me know. I am everyone So <laughs> But that thanks guys for listening Sorry if that was uh, Too brutal for you Dave I know you don't like uh, Some of that war history
1: mm. Yeah well, I've ne- I have never done A World War 2 topic On this
2: show Apart from the Three Monties. We have done yeah, We've done a few war ones now We also had mm. Mad Jack
0: We've done a few episodes
2: We have done a few episodes This is a yeah. yeah. something Yeah because we're coming up to the 100th episode. Ooh. Yes, we are live September 16th. Get your tickets now. I'm so excited. Hey, we should, uh, before we wrap up, we should probably thank a few of our Patreons. I think we definitely should. You should tell people how to do that too, Dave, if they want to do Well,
1: if you want to support the show, say you've listened to every episode and you listen every week, then maybe you would like to give back to the show that gives you so much, <laughs> uh, you can head over we to... We couldn't keep a straight face I oh know. Sorry, I was really trying to, trying to be <laughs> serious there, but I couldn't. You can head over to patreon.com slash Pod, and in exchange for a uh, different levels of pledges, you get uh, different levels of reward. You in, get
0: different levels of pleasures.
1: Yes, and treasures. Ooh, uh, including and measures. bonus episodes. That's one of the treasures. Mm-hmm. Or uh, we uh, we do updates and stuff on there. You can also pre-sales to uh, sh- live shows and stuff that we do. But and also a shout out on the episode to say thank you to uh, the individual people that keep the show running. And I would like to thank if I could kick off. Please do all Please. the way from Lawrenceville, Georgia. Wow.
0: Georgia.
2: Where's that? America, right?
1: America. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry, not Georgia, the country. Ah. I'm assuming not. Not Georgia, next door to Russia. Never know. Could be.
0: Anyway, who's from Georgia?
1: I would like to thank. He's the shield oh my of this show. It's Anthony Archield. <laughs> Archield the shield. He's our protector. Oh, thank yes, you. Yes, so that's Anthony. right. Thank you. Anthony holding up the fort in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Appreciate yeah. your support. Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. And I'd like to you, stay.
2: You're doing a lot of accidental rhymes.
1: I'd like to uh, stay, if I may. That was in not the, accidental In at all. the States. I'd like to thank, um <laughs> well, wow, this person, I hope they're listening on Ormond Beach, because that's where they're Please from. Stop. Ormond Beach. <laughs> oh, was that a rhyme again?
0: No, you're just the worst.
2: <laughs> Jess really hates thanking know, she people. Hates she thinking hates thinking this people. segment so much. Why you hate it?
0: I don't hate it. You
2: do. You're so negative.
0: I love thanking people, because I really, like, I think it's really amazing, but you are just so fucking. You can make a joke out of every single person's name, and then I get to it. And I'm like, uh, 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 "Thank you, Frank." <laughs> you know
2: like, what Dave's joke just then—the one that really pushed you over the edge—was. I, I hope, hope they're him, listening on Beach. I hope you're listening at the place you're from. Okay, Which is I'm sorry. Go. Ormond, Ormond Beach in Florida. I would like to thank. <laughs> like to thank Noah Vol. Man, there would Noah. have been a few Ormond Beach Florida listeners sitting on the edge of the house. Is it me, is it me, me
0: <laughs> is it me? But no, it's Noah.
1: I'm afraid unless you are Noah Vol, it is not your turn. But please keep waiting on that beach for us. And thank you to Noah Vol. Good
0: job, Noah. Can I go next? Yes. Um
1: Great, Jess will be like, uh, thank you too, blah blah. Good night.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she's out oh, she's
1: left. There she goes. <laughs> she's gone bada bing bada boom. Learn from a professional kid.
0: No, it's not that I like thanking people. I just find it kind of stressful to make a joke or a pun with every single person. I would just like to genuinely thank people. I
1: legit just read out what the beach he was from. (laughs)
0: Okay, but as a bad example because you normally... Oh, fuck. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, keeping it within the States, uh, interestingly, and within the Anthonys, because you had an Anthony.
1: I did Anthony Archield, the Shield.
0: I also have an Anthony.
1: The Blue Wiggle.
0: Anthony the Blue Wiggle, my favorite of the Wiggles. But this Anthony is from Utah.
2: Give me two. A Utah! <laughs> Meatball! <laughs> Give me two. Great. What a great movie. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. What is that? It's, uh, Point Break. Point Break. Oh. It's the original. Oh, I don't know. Maybe they said it in the, the new one Another great cameo was uh, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers singer in that. What's his Anthony name? Anthony Keith. Also goes, an Anthony. Anthony. He goes, um, but that would be a waste of time. <laughs> That's of my favourite movie quotes. That's a good quote. But that would be a waste of time.
0: Well, from that Anthony to this Anthony, I hope Anthony Fernelius.
2: Oh, that's the best Anthony name of all.
0: That's a pretty good name. I hope he's enjoyed Point Break and also do go on and supporting it.
2: Hey, Fernelius. Give me two. <laughs> Meatball. two.
0: Meatball. 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 Um, and also, I, I would also like to thank from Texas. Wow. Not an Anthony. Okay. But a Naomi Chapman.
2: Oh, oh, good name. Great name. Thank she'd you, Naomi. Love, she'd be a big fan of the uh, the Chaps. Oh, yeah. She's a big Chapman.
0: She's, she's one of the original Chaps.
2: Yeah, I bet she was related to one of the Chaps. Maybe I, Gubbins. I guarantee she is. Gubbins changed his name to Chapman soon after the war. You, you must. Chapman for life.
0: So thank <laughs> you, Naomi and Anthony for listening and supporting the podcast.
2: Hey, I love it. I'd love to uh, bring us back to the home front and thank someone from our capital territory, the Australian Capital Territory.
0: Canberra.
2: Well, that's inside the ACT. I don't know if I have time to explain everything about that, but uh, I'd love to thank Laura Cotterell.
0: Laura.
2: Cotterell. my dad picks the fruit.
0: The goes to Cotterell.
2: Uh, oh, I went to Codrol. Yeah, Codule. that's what I was thinking as well. Uh, that makes a lot more sense. Doesn't make a lot more sense at all. Than
0: cotties.
2: Yeah, well, I don't think Laura's giving me any sort of sick feeling, okay? Maybe if that sick feeling is the sick feeling of being supported by a friend or the of the podcast. Or the sick feeling of
0: drinking way too much cordial. Hmm?
2: Yeah, I should have diluted it a bit
0: so, more. you just got to stop drinking it straight. I thank man, you, it makes Laura. makes you feel
2: alive. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you, Laura. You legend. I'd also love to thank... From San Diego, uh, whale's vagina, <laughs> in California, Aaron Stosol Aaron. Aaron Stosil.
0: San Diego. San Diego.
2: Which I've heard is an amazing place. My brother went there and said he just had the best time. He said it was fucking sick.
0: Is that what you, is that your impression of he, your brother? He
2: needed codrail afterwards. Oh. Uh, no, that was that was just my impression of. No, my brother would have said it like Tom. Tom, he would have been more like, "Yeah, no, it was really great. Yeah, I had a really good time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah." But you knew what he meant. I knew what he fucking meant. What he sick. meant was fuck. It was fucking. St- it was hectic, bro. Bro, <laughs> thanks, Aaron. Aaron Stosel. I really thanks like your Tom. name. I hope I'm saying it right. Yeah, thanks, Tom. He doesn't listen. My sister Alex does. Hey, Alex. Hi,
0: Alex. I know Alex. <laughs>
2: all right, we all know Alex.
0: <laughs>
1: I'd like to say hi to Tom for when he
2: finally gets round to listening. Yeah, he'll get there he'll eventually. That's great. I mean, I just I I'm super blown away all the time. I write uh newsletters sporadically to the patrons and I think I probably go on about it too much. But I'm so fucking blown away by the support. Yeah. Of these mad dogs. You guys are the best. I think I love you.
0: Oh wow, Matt. Be
2: cool, be, too cool, soon. be cool. Okay, play cool play cool. Hey, cool cool cool. Alright. Aaron, uh, Aaron, I just think I just thought maybe, you know, we could see, but maybe one day we could be mates. There we go, smooth. I'm gonna come to Sunday no, 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 you're on too weird. Now okay. you can't turn up on his doorstep. Okay. If you're ever in San Can Diego. Can I go to uh the Australian Capital Territory and, and visit Laura Cotterall? No,
0: you can't go to a house. It's just... not a house,
2: maybe I just threw uh, her, oh her her territory.
0: <laughs> and then I'm okay. pissing it, so now it's my territory. <laughs> like a dog. Yeah?
2: Yeah, like a mad dog. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, I'm going to wrap this up, guys. Uh, good call. Good call, Good, good call. Uh Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you want to get in contact or buy a ticket to our 100th show, the uh, links are all in the description of this episode, but at Do go on Pod for Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can drop us an email, suggest a topic. We love that. dogoonpod at gmail.com. Uh, but, yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll be back with a new report next week. But until then, I will say... Goodbye. Later.
0: Bye.
3: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
0: Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, it's up to you. Danger,
4: Sydney, danger.
1: Sydney sold out, Melbourne's on sale, Matt's coming to Brisbane. ha, ha. <laughs>